Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. So. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, but the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Okay. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... We got to cut that opening. It's too long. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to the Adam Sank Show. We are live, finally, if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on February 2nd, 2019, at adamsank.com, the only place to listen live at the moment. Call in and talk to us, please. We're going to need phone calls today, and I'll explain why in a moment, at 844-825-5367. That's 844-825-5367. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or whatever platform you use to hear the podcast. Email me. Me, at Adam Sank, it, at Adam at Adam and please, for God's sake, like the Facebook page. Do me a favor. If you're a fan of this podcast, I need you to be our ass ambassador, our ambassador, if you will. And um, t uh, every day on Facebook, I see people going, what podcast should I be listening to? You guys need to help me out there and be like, the Adam Sank Show. It's the best, and it's free. Um, okay, so here's what's happening. We were supposed to have as our guest today, Kenneth Conan, who is a gay quadriplegic man who just made a porn video. And I was very excited to talk to him. Unfortunately, due to circumstances totally beyond our control and his control, he is unable to. Um, but I am going to have him back on the show just as soon as possible. It's a really interesting story. And the name of the video he made is called Face Fuck Me which is also the title of the forthcoming memoir of our guest co-host today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, everyone's favorite burlesque star, Chris Harder. Hello. Chris, welcome back. I just like the, the uh, podcast page. Is your mic on? I can barely hear you. Oh, really? Yeah, get, get your face in there. Just face really fuck that microphone. Blah. So are you, uh, face fuck me, yes, is, the, is part one of your, your memoir, right? Yes, yeah, part one. Um, the... the Follow-up would be eat my hole, I guess, or something like ass that. Ass fuck me, I was thinking. Uh, ass fuck. Oh, oh there, there you go. go. And you're oh, much louder the, now. It was a decoy mic. And then part three would be fist me. Fist me, or I'm just <laughs> <laughs> leave the money on my bed. <laughs> it's a multi... I don't own a dress. Multi-volume story. <laughs> um, Chris, uh, everything's going to be weird today. This is the first guestless show I've ever done. Is it really? The listeners have said a number of times, why don't you just have a guestless show once in a while? We yeah. don't need a guest. We just want to hear you guys. And uh, all I can say is be careful what you wish for. Right. <laughs> now, now you're just tossed out into the open. It's just going to be a lot of nonsense for an hour. Um, but fortunately, you're here. JB is here. Mm -hmm. uh, the studio is no longer uh, feeling like a sauna as it was when yeah. we walked in because I, I opened a new window, opened a new door, just as <laughs> Auntie Mame likes to do. And um, and we are still in the midst of the polar vortex here in New York City, Chris. Yeah, you know, I actually just, I'm from the Midwest, and I called home, and it was negative 30. You're from the Dakotas. Ago. I am from the Dakotas, the, the north, the northern one. Was that the coldest place in the country this past uh, week? I think, it, I think it was one of them. I mean, my brother's in Minneapolis, and it was negative 50 with wind chill or something like that did they leave the home what did they do How no did they i mean survive? well my brother is a, a very successful business person so he probably just drove his car from his heated garage to another heated garage but no i think everyone else was was staying in i'm surprised know? that cars even worked in in those kind I'm, of temperatures well, you know it's funny did you grow up with like a block heater in your car 
No, I was from New Jersey. It never got like crazy cold. Yeah. So when I, I mean, there's literally extension cords installed into cars that they can plug into, you know, like a house or like another extension cord. Otherwise your car will die overnight. Wow. Yeah. Um, Do we have a phone call, JB? Thank God. Do we know who it is? (laughs) I'm going to take a guess. uh, Call, you say what? Hi, it's Charles from Cornhole. I am shocked that it's Charles from Cornhole. Welcome to the Ask, Charles. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you, darling, and uh, welcome to uh, your guest today. That's uh, always wonderful to hear from him. Who, Chris Harder? Oh, oh hi, Charles. Yeah, uh, hi, Chris. So that's what wonderful news. You were talking just a moment ago about car batteries mm-hmm. in really, really cold weather. It's a, we it's a slow just, start to the show, but go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, well, we're not even having a horrible uh, cold snap, but it was enough to kill the battery in my car. So well, you're in I, Sedona, right? Yeah, so, or, or adjacent to it. And so, you know, we've been still having daily highs in the, in the mid-50s to mid-60s. So... And that hurt your car? Yeah, but it was an old battery. <laughs> oh, that might be more, Charles, <laughs> yeah, like, than those above freezing That's like when, when someone's relative died on 9-11 because they were in a car accident, and everyone's like, oh, I lost my relative on 9-11. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> You're not oh, qualified to weigh in with your horror story about the polar vortex, Charles. We oh, are. Yeah, no, it, and, and I've got one of those jumper back. Um, battery packs in the trunk of my car. So I, it, it's not going to leave me stranded on the side of the road. I'm thrilled so. to hear that. Um, <laughs> how warm is it in Cornhole today? Uh, I think the forecast for today is supposed to be uh, mid-50s because yeah. we're, we're supposed to get rain. We're supposed to get rain mm. late in the afternoon. And you love that early. because you live in a desert, so it's a, a rare yeah. thing when that happens. It's, it is nice. We all look forward to rain, except when it interferes with our outdoor activities. You know, it's like, like golf, <laughs> like in southern, like in Southern California. You know, you 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 throw a barbecue, figuring it'll be out of doors, and then it rains. Well, so, Charles' yeah. outdoor activity includes uh, <laughs> cruising parks <laughs> after dark. Yeah, and hiking trails. Don't forget the hiking trails. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Charles, anything you wanted to tell us other than the fact that your battery died for no apparent reason? <laughs> Nope, I'm just, just checking in and letting you know I'm a-listening. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, we love you. Thanks for being one of two live listeners that we regularly have. We're sending love to Cornhole. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cornhole loves you back. <laughs> I feel like I've had to say that on set before at some point or another, Charles. <laughs> what temperature, Cornhole? Wasn't that the title of one yeah. of your films, Chris? <laughs> um, all right, Charles, take care, sweetie pie. So, maybe this will be like a mechanic-themed Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Car Talk. <laughs> that was so random. I love Charles, though. So, um, I don't know. If, do I want to talk about what I'm going through right now physically? You know, we get why into not? That? It's not like you. <laughs> we have an hour to fill. I mean, I do have a lot of stories to do, but I guess I'll just tell the listeners that if I suddenly need to run out of the studio during this live show and Chris and JB are left on their own, it's because I have had uh, explosive diarrhea for the past few days. Like um, when you say explosive, is it like like spattering, like outside of the toilet? It's kind of like a, a painting <laughs> by uh, like a Jackson Pollock. By Jackson Pollock, <laughs> yeah. My my toilet is a Jackson Pollock. No, it's not actually that disgusting as far as um, what it is. It's that it's const- It's frequent. It's like I take a sip of water and I got to run to the bathroom. Well, you just had a full yogurt and well, yo- yogurt helps whenever oh, I have really? an upset stomach. Yeah, the acid and also the acidophilus, the Active yogurt the cultures, bacteria. you have to have that yeah. in your gut when you're constantly having diarrhea. Otherwise, you can really deplete yourself. So even though I'm vegan, I'm eating dairy yogurt because oh. vegan yogurt is disgusting. But um, but yeah, and it's bad. And I don't know what it is, but I suspect, as I told you before we went on the air, <laughs> one of two things. It's this either is like Charles and Cornhole. I know. Don't you wish we were talking about car batteries again? It's either this giant pot of chili that I made that I've been eating all week is making me sick and I finally this morning was like you know what I don't care how delicious this is I'm throwing it out to see if eliminating that will cure the problem but it also I I had sex for the first time in months Mm -hmm. uh I guess it was Sunday and and, um, it started shortly after that so I think maybe the man I had sex with um gave me some uh, yet another incurable disease (laughs) 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 the symptoms of which is 
chronic <laughs> diarrhea. So I'm hoping that this stops soon. Uh, as I told you, I'm not losing any weight, which is so frustrating. If you're going to have well, chronic keep diarrhea, chili, maybe <laughs> you know, like... I'd, I'd like to at least get my six packs back. Six pack back if I'm going to be suffering through this. But in any case, just know that if I suddenly have to run out. You're gonna have to carry the show. Well, I lucky for you, I brought um, Amy Tan's Kitchen God's oh. Wife, so I'll just read a chapter from that. Just start reading out loud. Here. That'll be a new segment. <laughs> Chris Harder's Book Corner, right? <laughs> Chris Harder's Book Club. <laughs> All right, so on to more serious things. Uh, there were two major things that happened in the gay world this mm-hmm. week. One was Rent Live, which we'll oh, talk right. about in just a moment, and the other was this horrific attack on actor Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. or Smollett. I don't know how which one it's correct uh in chicago and um it's been it was a crazy story to begin with it continues to get crazier as some media sources are reporting that it doesn't add up uh he's he's changed his story he wouldn't give the cops his phone the cops themselves seem to be convinced that this did happen and it Mm -hmm. was in fact a hate crime and, and a hate attack um but a lot of people are raising questions particularly about the fact that like he didn't call for a while after it happened. He he walked himself to the hospital. He kept the rope on for 45 minutes, the, the mm-hmm. rope that had been placed around his neck by the uh, attackers. Um, some people say that was t- because he wanted to preserve evidence. He didn't want anything to happen to it. Maybe it had foot uh, right. fingerprints or, or DNA on it. So, um, But it's... It, if it happened the way he says it did, and I can't imagine he would make this up, it, it's really so horrifying... And part of this larger problem of hate crimes that are on the rise throughout the world, and especially in the United States, mm-hmm. um, since the, the the rise of Donald Trump right. and his despicable followers. Um, and, and it has to be said, Vice President Pence, who's just a massive homophobe, the most homophobic person to ever occupy uh, the White House, or wherever, he, wherever he works. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't even try to pretend. So... Openly gay actress Ellen Page was on Colbert uh, the night before last, and she really got very passionate talking about Trump and Pence and the impact that they've had on this country, and she linked it to the Jesse Smollett attack. Mm -hmm. Take a listen to this. Connect the dots. This is what happens. If you are in a position of power and you hate people and you want to cause suffering to them, You go through the trouble. You spend your career trying to cause suffering. What do you think is going to happen? Kids are going to be abused, and they're going to kill themselves, and people are going to be beaten on the street. I have traveled the world, and I have met the most marginalized people you could meet. I am lucky to have this time and the privilege to say this. This needs to f- stop. Wow. Yeah, if I, you know, I hadn't watched it yet. I watched it on the train over here, and she gets emotional. You know, she's like on the verge of tears as she's saying this. Yeah. Um, it was pretty. It's incredible. not standard late night talk show fare. No. You know, usually these actors come on, and it's just like, oh, I have a funny story about when I lost my suitcase at right. the airport. Good for her, man. Yeah, also, I did not know Ellen Page is a lesbian, which oh, is yes. not to make light of the situation. I also did not know that until like, I watched this video. I really just thought she was an awkward girl. I was like, yeah, so am I. Right, awkward <laughs> girl, yeah. So it's worth watching the whole clip, because before she went into that, she talked about her marriage to mm-hmm. her wife, and about the fact that if Mike Pence had his way, her marriage would be illegal. Right, and I think, you know, so many of us, and I include myself in this, category as well it's you know again it sucks that trump is president it sucks that mike pence is openly homophobic but does it directly infect uh, affect me on a daily basis no not that i know of you know it probably does in some I ways think it but, does oh it does but you know again it's it i mean i guess i think the conundrum is like do you go around every day like how do, how do you confront it how do you deal with that on a daily basis and then how do you just you know like go to work or like buy coffee or well first i would say it it does affect you if you get attacked on the street by guys wearing mega hats oh yeah you know if if trump supporters start heading toward the village or hell's kitchen or other places where we are known to frolic Mm -hmm. or whatever city you live in wherever the gay area is and just start 
cracking skulls or, or I mean, this is happening. It's happening right. to people of color. It's happening to gay people. It's happening to, uh, certainly to um, immigrants and people of Latin and Muslim descent. I mean, there's a real hate movement that th- this president and this vice president have empowered. Um, but then you have to look at the legislation, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the directives that the White House ha- has issued. You realize they they removed any reference to the LGBTQ community from the White House website. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, They um, took away protections for trans students. That was one of the first things Betsy DeVos did. Mm -hmm. That fucking twat, man. Mm -hmm. She's the worst. Um, Trans people can no longer serve in the military. I mean, there there are serious things happening. Oh, absolutely there is. I'm not... um I'm not saying that at all. I just feel like with so many things, even the audience that, you know, goes to Stephen Colbert's show, like clearly they probably are of a more liberal minded point of view. But, you know, again, unless I think in general, human nature is until you are the person that gets beat up on the street or the person who is barred from work, you know, it's, um, we, we all get lazy, I guess. Absolutely. And again, I, I absolutely include myself in that. So it's refreshing to see people like her, you know, pause a comedy show and really, again, remind you of the the shit that's going on. I think it's great, and I think every celebrity has to do it more. Yeah, I don't want to see an award show where mm-hmm. Trump is not mentioned by every winner. I mean, like, yeah. this is the time. If not now, when? Like, yeah, but- every person who who is has uh, you know believes in social justice mm-hmm. and believes in democracy should be speaking out constantly and not just on twitter but when they make these little fluffy appearances on talk shows and award shows yeah and i think that could even trickle down into i mean obviously i think you do it regularly on your show but you know it, it can trickle yeah, all, down. all 500 of my listeners right but uh, you know are really moved by me but it can trickle down when we like go meet our friends for coffee or where you know when we go to a party or it's you know it should be an ongoing dialogue um that i know i need to remind myself to keep having absolutely well uh, other big stories this week or over the past two weeks is that um, there have been serious accusations leveled against uh, two very famous men, mm-hmm. one alive, one dead, um, regarding sexual abuse of underage boys. And the first was Brian Singer. Well, I've heard that. I mean, I've heard that for a while, though. Haven't you? Yes. It's been in the news for a long time. He was originally sued uh, a few years ago by this guy who claimed that when he was underage, Singer um, had these pool parties right. filled with underage boys, and he attended several of them, and that at one point Singer forced him to do cocaine, which I got to tell you, I wish somebody would force me to do that sometimes. Um, and No, but seriously, and then raped him. Um, that suit was either dismissed or withdrawn Hmm. But The Atlantic, which is a really fabulous uh, publication, they did like a year-long investigation. They spoke to over 50 sources, including four who have never spoken out before. And The Atlantic calls 53-year-old Brian Singer, quote, a troubled man who surrounded himself with vulnerable teenage boys, many of them estranged from their families. Hmm. This apparently went on or allegedly went on all through uh, the 90s. Singer and also his friends. He had a bunch of gay friends, and they all seemed to be very interested in younger guys, mm-hmm. you know, underage guys, uh, 15, 16, 17. Um, the first allegations go all the way back to a movie called Apt Pupil, starring Brad oh, Renfro. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Brad Renfro, who eventually died of a drug overdose at like 25, when he was. Um, a teenager, he starred in this movie, and there were extras that had been hired as like high school boys to appear in the locker room scene, mm-hmm. and they were naked during filming, which was completely against industry oh, yeah. practices, industry standards. Children are never supposed to be naked in front of anyone uh-huh. um, on the set of a movie, and there were lawsuits brought. And one of the uh, alleged victims was actually in the movie. His name is Victor Valdivinos. He claims that he was 13 when Singer molested him on the set of Apt Pupil and that he was passed around by the guys in Singer's inner circle. And the allegations just go on and on and on. This is coming to a head at the moment, not just because of the Atlantic investigation, but because Bohemian Rhapsody is nominated for all of these Oscars. It just won the Golden Globe for Best uh, Movie, Best Film. 
he was the original director of that movie. And basically, he did direct that movie until the last week of shooting. And then because of what the studio calls erratic behavior and not showing up for set, he was fired and replaced. Um, his, he is not nominated through some kind of guild thing they were able to get around. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yes. And so, you know, here we're, we're celebrating Bohemian Rhapsody, and isn't it fantastic? And, and the, the whole, um, the cast of Bohemian Rhapsody has to give these press junkets, and of course they're being asked about Brian Singer, and they're mm-hmm. all saying, oh, we had no idea, we had no idea. But apparently everybody knew. Well, I mean, if he was fired up to the last week of, I mean, clearly everybody that worked on the film had to have seen him at some point, right? Well, no, they, they knew he was directing. Uh. They... <laughs> Oh, they didn't know about that. They, they claim not to have known about any of these allegations. Well, I think that's just like, I mean, the whole Kevin Spacey thing, you know, supposedly for years, people in the industry knew about it. It's just, you Yeah, know, when you're no a dirtbag and you act yeah. like a dirtbag for decades, people know. I'm sure word gets around. Chris, um, have you, as either a, a, a straight actor or a, when I say straight, I mean non-porn, <laughs> or in your porn uh, career, have you ever had like a, a moment where someone tried to take advantage of you or did take advantage of you? Um, well, I'm uh, now, uh, Jesus, Adam, really? <laughs> no, you, honestly, you don't have to answer if you don't want um, to. No, I, uh, no, I think overall, especially I should say this actually being on, I mean, porn sets are interesting because, you know, for me, I've always been able to separate work sex from me sex. Mm-hmm. So even though I've had, you know, scene partners that I haven't enjoyed, it's, you know, I look at it as like a day at work. Um, I've never been in a situation, though, where I've where I felt forced. Do you know what I mean? Or where where I felt um, like I couldn't say no or it was against my will. So I can absolutely say that. And you didn't start any of that until you were well of age, right? Yes. Like you were. Also... Yeah. The problem is when you when people are underage, um, they're just so vulnerable because they're so happy to have any attention, and especially from someone famous, mm-hmm. powerful, successful. You think, oh, this is going to help me. This is going to change my life. Right. Is, I'm watching the R. Kelly miniseries right now. Ooh. Either of you watched that? No, I, I knew I knew what R. Kelly was done and did years ago, and I've never supported him since. So it, I'm uninterested. To know what I've already, I'm an, I'm an interested to see what I've already known for years. It's pretty devastating, and what's devastating about it is not just that R. Kelly abused so many women and mm-hmm. really kind of ruined their lives, um, young women, children, but also that there was so much um, complicit behavior on the part right. of um, of his associates, uh, his handlers, his family, everyone, everyone. Mm-hmm knew this was going on. Before he was even famous, when he was an, a young adult, he would go to the high school to, to cruise for teenage girls. And everyone knew what was going on. Oh, God. But he was one of these guys where he was so talented, so attractive, so charming. You know, everyone knew he was headed for greatness even before he was, hmm. that they just kind of enabled it. And then once he became a superstar, it was like he can do whatever he wants. Um, the, the second documentary is... Leaving Neverland, which is about Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. This is actually a two-part miniseries that premiered at the Sundance Film Festival, and uh, by all accounts, the audience was stunned. Like, after it ended, nobody spoke or moved for, like, ten minutes. In the movie, uh, two men, Wade Ro- Robson and James Safechuck, um, discuss the repeated molestation that they say they suffered at the hands of Michael Jackson. Um, They met him when they were 7 and 10. And Safechuck, who's now a computer programmer, appeared in commercials as a child actor. So he met Jackson uh, on the set of that famous Pepsi commercial. Um, The two of them detail... And Robson is a dancer and choreographer. Mm -hmm. The two of them detail allegations like mutual masturbation, oral and anal sex acts, alcohol, lavish gifts, and pornography. Uh, Robson says Jackson... uh, nicknamed him Little One and describes what he says the singer's methods were to keep him from speaking out. Safe Chuck talks about a secret wedding he had with Jackson. What? And the ring that he still has in his possession, saying that Jackson gave him jewelry in exchange for sexual favors. Here's where it gets tricky. Both men 
testified on behalf of Michael Jackson during his 2005 trial mm -hmm. for molestation and denied that he had abused him. But they have since both sued Jackson's estate and, um, and claim that they were basically pressured into so, lying and that they were terrified of what would happen to them if they spoke out. Yeah. I always thought Michael Jackson was a pedophile. You know, honestly, I think at the time, well, it was 2005 was the trial? Yeah. Um, one of his trials. I think there were two. Yeah, because there, there was an earlier one, wasn't yeah. there? I think I was, well, too busy with high school to be thinking about that then. But anyway. Oh, you're I, so young. I know. Sorry. That sounded like a, a weird <laughs> read in the middle of a really serious <laughs> story, and it wasn't supposed to be. Um, uh, huh. I think it's what's so, uh, this is not to say that I don't believe the victims either or believe these men, um, but things get so complicated but publicly for people when it's, when it's people of the same sex, you know, yeah. when it's a woman accusing a woman, when it's a man accusing a man. Well, I it's mean, almost never a woman accusing a woman. Well, there, you know, interestingly, there, there have been a few uh, things like in the past or in, in certain circles where it's. I mean, yeah, it, sure, you know, it happens, but yeah. I think it's a fraction of... Basically, men tend to be perpetrators, whether right. their victims are male or female. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact is, victims and survivors of sexual abuse do change their stories. That's been documented. It's been studied. There mm -hmm. are psychological reasons for that. Sure. Um, not the least of which is they're trying to prevent more damage, more harm. You know, right. what can I do to contain this situation? But Michael Jackson, and, and you know, apparently this documentary it's not just the two of them saying he did this he did that there's a lot of supporting evidence there are uh -huh. contemporaneous reports from people who who knew them mm -hmm. um you know gifts that he gave them notes that he wrote them it's it's very damning by the way of course the jackson family and particularly jermaine have come forward and said this is all a lie this is all a money grab right um, these men were not paid anything for the documentary um well, interestingly I, both men are straight by the way oh okay well i you know i think it is uh, I think it's interesting that they weren't paid anything for the documentary and, you know, because again, obviously I think when, when publicly, when we hear that it's uh people automatically go to the money factor, especially since Michael Jackson is obviously very dead, you know, so it's not like he can be brought to justice. Right. But anymore. the estate but the, is worth billions and, uh -huh. and they can sue. And that's why his family, I think is so vociferous in their defense. Right. They don't want to lose. But you know, it's also, I think, I think culturally when we, you know, like Kevin Spacey, for instance, I mean, people don't want to watch House of Cards anymore, except that now that Robin Wright is finishing out that season, right? It's, you know, when we as a culture can say, actually, what this person did is so bad that that their contribution to our culture isn't necessary anymore. Right. Like, are we, like, can we listen to Michael Jackson yeah, music? Exactly. Can we enjoy it? Can we... Like, will I, it be played at, like, sports games? Will right. it be played at, you know, okay. like... So now I'm being hypocrite. I'm totally being hypocrite because I don't support R. Kelly, but I still jam to Michael Jackson, even though I don't agree with what his actions does, but his music speaks volumes. That I, I can differentiate what a person's actions do from their art. Right. And what Michael Jackson did for music is something... Well, yeah, you sure, can't so you then, can't take away his yeah. his achievements, but at the same time, it's like, what am I supposed how to do, do I listen to this? Yeah. And I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy it because but, I don't buy music anymore. But I never bought music. But, yeah. but you know, the thing too, though, like, um, I mean, another this isn't directly paralleled, but like Pablo Picasso. Has I was been, just going to say but, this, and you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, as a child, I my grandmother got me a book on Picasso, so I like grew up loving his work and studying his work. But the more that I've read about him, it's it's really hard for me to enjoy looking at his paintings anymore. And of right, course he had like a teenage lover when he was in his fifties. Yeah. And he, you know, again, obviously an, an incredibly influential person to, to the art world. But, but then, you know, I was, I can't remember her name, uh, really important comic right now on Netflix who does a whole special about Picasso. Um, it's, um, um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, Hannah Gadsby. Yes. Nanette. You know, one of, one of her points is, so if we actually do, cut these people out of the culture, maybe that also then makes way for for an oppressed voice. You know what I mean? Or for for an artist that doesn't get representation right, right now. When we actually say, actually what this person did is so shitty, we don't need to play his music. We can play this other person's music and try and, and raise them up. Well, I think the takeaway from all of these 
revelations, whether it's Michael Jackson or R. Kelly um, or Roman Polanski. And when you think about right. him admitting to drugging and having sex with a 13-year-old girl, like he shouldn't have a defender in the world. Right. Nobody should ever be defending him. And yet he does. People are like, oh, it was the 70s and her mom knew she was there and it was a different time. No, no. Mm -hmm. I was around in the 70s. Uh, what no, were they like? It, they were, it was hot and smelly is what I can remember. <laughs> and a lot of people wearing red, red, white, and blue suspenders <laughs> for the bicentennial. But yeah, I mean, it was never okay to fuck 13-year-olds when you were an adult. Um, certainly not under the influence of alcohol and drugs. I think the takeaway is we can no longer tolerate this as a culture. You know, R. Kelly married Aaliyah when she was 15 and he was 27 and everyone knew it was right. reported widely and it was like oh isn't that interesting mm -hmm. that should have been the end of his career right there it should have been the end of Elvis's career when he married 14 year old Priscilla it should have been the end of Jerry Lee Lewis well, it was the end of Jerry Lee Lewis's career when he married his 13 year old cousin but the point right. is we can't tolerate this just because someone's famous or talented or accomplished or or whatever right um, and I, I'm hoping that that's what this whole movement does, is that we, we start holding people accountable, because that's the only way behavior changes. And also, if you're a parent, do not leave your child with, under the care of some other adult right. who is not related to you, just because they're rich and famous and might be able to do something for your child someday. Um, not to throw parents on the bus, but to throw parents on the bus. Yes. My, mother, my mother did not let me go anywhere out without her knowing anything. Like She... My mom is scared of the world, I like to put it, because she would put fear of the world into your spirit to the huh. point that I am afraid of everything. I, know, I do not go outside here. I stay inside my local cocoon in my house. I don't go outside because I'm afraid of the world because no. of my mother Yeah, so I don't know how these kids... I don't know. This, this is like the opposite end of the spectrum, though, KB. Yeah, totally. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, I don't know how these JB kids is saying out. you should raise your child like a veal. With fear. I, I feel like a good, a happy medium right. is needed because this is the... Yeah. Like just the exception would get really bad. But your kid, a 13-year-old child, should not be outside with a grown-ass fucking man. What's yeah, the crinkling noise? Two, I have no idea what's happening. Oh, it's Chris opening, protein bar. opening his <laughs> snack. I was like, where's that coming from? Yeah, I mean, my mother didn't give a fuck what I was doing. I was the third child. They were just like, get the hell out of the house. It's right. amazing that I didn't wind up having something done to me because Come believe me, bleeding. I was open to it. Um, all right, we got to move on because we've spent a half hour now on the first two stories. But this is a really uplifting. Um, I know it's a bummer. I it's a bummer, but we got to talk yeah. about it. I mean, should we go back to the car no, battery? You're absolutely no. You're right. All right, this one's going to make you giggle. So um, there's a, one of these huge mega church pastors, this guy Ernest Angley, who's 97 years old. Um, he's been dragged through the mud over the years because he's been on the receiving end of accusations ranging from sexual abuse to employing unpaid illegal immigrants to coercing a 76-year-old believer who had dementia to write a check to him for $340,000. Oh, my God. Um, this is in Akron, Ohio. And, and this is a mega church. This is a church with like that tens of thousands of followers. And this dude it was like the, the, the center of, the, of this church for many, many years. Well, a 23-year-old audio recording has just surfaced in which he basically admits to having gay sex. I got to set this up because it's a little weird. He's talking <laughs> to this other guy named Reverend Bill Davis, another reverend at this Grace Cathedral Church in mm -hmm. Akron. And Davis is upset with Ernest Angley for spreading a rumor about Davis's wife and calling her vulgar. So this pastor is basically yelling at the other pastor. And in yelling at him, he mentions that Angley had sex with this other guy. Take a listen. Forgiveness and you people. No, wait just a moment. Just a moment. Don't you dare do that. Uh, wait just a moment. Now hold it. No, 
Now, you, wait a minute, don't you hear me? You stop this right now because you've talked to my wife in a vulgar way. No, I didn't. Do you, you want to listen to that? You just a moment. You're so used to railroading everybody, you better listen to me because this is serious. Whoa. First of all, can I say that I thought uh, Ernest's voice was that of a female? I was like, right? Wait, when I was here. like, where's the other male voice coming? Big old queen. <laughs> I didn't make him come. I did not come. I did not say And by the way, if I you didn't make him come, come, that means you suck in bed. Right. Like, and it was you, also a hand job. You got to work on that we hand We hate hand jobs. Hand jobs. Oh, so bad. It's in the opening. <laughs> We've discussed how much we hate hand jobs. <laughs> this is actual video. Actual audio. Anyway, somebody sent that. <laughs> <laughs> some some anonymous source sent that to the Akron Beacon Journal after 23 years, um, and you know this guy's a mega homophobe preaching about the evils of homosexuality, and I just love when they get caught. I wish right. he, I wish he weren't 97 because he's probably only going to live like another month. I wish this happened like 23 years ago. Shouldn't we just always assume now that anyone who comes out as virulently like homophobic is is obviously gay yes or or has some kind of like meth head boyfriend that they're like shooting up in the bathroom yes you know because straight people who don't struggle with their sexuality don't have any problems with us they're just like ah go suck dick what do i care right or Or, with you sometimes What's that? Or they cuddle with you sometimes. Or they cuddle and yeah, let I you suck their friends who cuddle with me. That's just, so sweet. Yeah, it's just very weird for me because it's like, now we're cuddling. I know this means nothing to you and you just enjoy cuddling, but now... It is weird. Yeah. It's just weird when someone makes it like the cornerstone of their of, life. Of a faith or a, a movement. It's like, well, clearly, I mean... Like Jesus, Jesus going, never you know? mentioned homosexuality. Not once. No. There and are you know, a lot of things Jesus stressed love compassion mm-hmm. economic economic hanging out with the whole ladies you know <laughs> social justice economic equality they're not concerned with any of that no. they're concerned with one passage from the old testament mm-hmm. and like something from paul like one of the letters of paul and yeah, that's the lesser it. apostle yeah fuck paul my fuck favorite paul. part of this whole thing is what he said um i was in there naked yeah, but I didn't say I wasn't. I didn't say I wasn't, but I didn't make him come. <laughs> why? Why are you there naked? Like we I can just, just picture him as like a really thin, like pale. Skin no, he's a big, with, fat, yeah, like white-haired old. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, he's no. gross. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> moving on. Um, it is official, Chris. The cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season eleven has been revealed. <gasps> Am I on it? Unfortunately, you did not make oh, it. What's your, what's your drag name, Chris? Oh, Heather Harder. The one day I did drag. I was a mean girl. <laughs> I like that you kept it in the family. Naturally. Well, I'm obsessed with myself, so you guys have to... <laughs> Heather Harder. Well, um, of course, the person most excited about this was our own Frost Pig, Ryan Frostig. Yeah. And he wanted to be here to give a, a, a pre-ru of the season 11 cast, but unfortunately he has to work and he couldn't even call in. Oh, so he did a, a pre-tape. And uh, I want to, before we play it, I just want to say I dedicate this to one of our listeners, Anaya. I hope I'm saying her name right, in Melbourne, Florida. She loves Ryan Frostig. She loves RuPaul's Drag Race. And apparently she loves the ass, even though she's a teenager and should not be listening. Oh. <laughs> I feel really bad about all the stuff we talk about now. I know, but her mother allows it. Her mother is one of my uh, closest Actually, friends from high school. I respect it because we do talk about sexual health stuff. And yes. Information. And yeah. We educate. Never mind. It's not like we're like, yeah, it's all awesome that, you know, Brian Singer's making movies. No, it's, you know, yes. you're, you're trying to be progressive. So with that, we go to our RuPaul's Drag Race correspondent, Ryan Frostig. Thanks, Adam and Chris. Even though we are still waiting to find out which of the remaining queens from All-Stars 4 will be joining Chad Michaels, Alaska Thunderfuck, and Trixie Mattel in the Drag Race Hall of Fame, RuPaul has officially released 14 sickening new queens out into the wild. And it's at this point where I pretend I didn't spend the summer trolling Reddit for spoilers and haven't known the cast for the past six months. Not only do I believe that this cast will bring the giggery, the gaggery, and the goopery that we all crave every season, but season 11 has more Drag Race lineage than any season in the history of the show. The biggest mother-daughter casting gag is that Coco Montrese's drag daughter Kahana and Alyssa Edwards' drag daughter Plastique Tiara will be going tuck-to-tuck for the crown. Who knows how their storylines will actually unfold, but you know the producers were hoping for a girl, look how orange you fucking look, girl, oh, I'm not joking, bitch, the sequel. 
There are also not one, not two, but three Davenports competing against each other. Former Ask guest Honey Davenport, Akiria Davenport, and Raja O'Hara are all from the legendary House of Davenport, which include Drag Race alumni Kennedy Davenport and the late Sahara Davenport. Speaking of Honey, she is one of three queens from NYC on season 11, the other two being Sugar Kane and Scarlet Envy. And even though it would be fierce for a New York queen to bring home the crown for the fourth year in a row, I'd love to see someone like Midwest drag legend Nina West, Denver shock queen Evie Oddly, or Miss Continental winner Brooklyn Heights, who is also the show's first Canadian queen, snatch the crown. And finally, the biggest gag of season 11 is that after sashaying away first on season 10 and quickly taking the internet by storm with her bizarre yet instantly iconic exit, Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie is back to redeem herself. That's right, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo is back as the 15th queen, and I am ready to get these cookies, baby. I can't wait to see how this turns out. This is the Frost Pig coming to you pre-recorded from my living room. Adam and Chris, back to you. Wow. wow, Ryan Frosted. That was great, right? It was. Very thorough. Uh, Ryan very worked good. harder on that than anything he's ever done in his life. I Except feel, for have sex. I yes. have a quick question. Does anyone know what goop means? I feel goop like is every, the new gag. Every, oh, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm gooped. I'm gagged. I, I can't believe it. I had to Google thought the other day. I can't deal with the gay community anymore. We're making up too many words. Too too we make up too many words for not learning enough yeah, real ones. Like, can, we, can we learn proper English first? But that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm glad I'm friends with Ryan, because he keeps me current. Yeah. He's like, oh, by the way, we're not saying Luke anymore. Now it's Lurk. What? Oh. No. Like, check out this Lurk. I just got used to Luke. <laughs> like, now I'd be able to see a Lurk, which sounds like Lurch. I, I used to go-go dance at Westgate and all of the queens there. I just, I always, like, would run back to the dressing room and be like, okay, what does ham mean? Hard as a mother. Okay, thank you. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah. What? And what, is, is that a dick or, like, a person? No, I think it means it just, good, like, awesome. Just is like, a general term for when you're going hard at something so like oh jb's going ham at video games that means i'm going really <laughs> oh really hard see i was conjugating games. it wrong or you can say how oh, are going ham mother. in the bedroom right now which means you're doing it right in the bedroom or the adam's time. going ham in that restroom and i'm going ham on the minutes <laughs> don't jinx me i've been fine all, all show i'm sure during the break it's all gonna happen um well, I'm so happy for Honey Davenport. I love her. I've worked with her on many shows, and I think she's fantastic. Well, she I do, too. We've had her on the show. Oh, yeah? And I actually reached out to her about being on today. She said she'd have to run it by VH1. I said, please do. Uh, and I never heard back from her. Oof. So I know what happens. They get so inundated. Like, every podcast in yeah. the world is, is after her and, and the other queens now. So hopefully uh, we'll have Honey Bunny. here first? Okay, we put her on the spot. How I, dare she? I agree. I agree. And I you happen to think this is a more fun podcast to be on than a lot of that dreck that's out there. But right. you do what you do. Now, moving on to Rent Live. Huh? Let me ask you both. Let's forget about the, the, the live production. Were you fans of Rent to begin with? Yes, in high school, I loved Rent. Oh, you, you could have my gay card, because I officially have not ever seen Rent. I know about <gasps> it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And after so many people told me about it, I'm uninterested to watch. I, matter of fact, I think I'm uninterested to watch it, because when people told me about it, it was around the time I was uh, trying to get used to me having HIV. So it just mm. didn't. You didn't want to want it yeah. shoved in your face. I get yeah. that. I watched, I saw it in the 90s before I was paused. And I was like, oh, these poor people. I'm so glad that's not me. Um, but anyway, so I love Rent. I, it's not a perfect show. It's mm -hmm. very cheesy. Uh, there's a lot of sort of caricatures. But its heart is in the right place. And I happen to love the music. I think it's some of the best Broadway uh, music ever so i love the music i do think that now and maybe you guys will agree like i'm a freelancer now you know i'm a creator and a and an artist i guess even though it feels weird to say that but no you are um if you create content you're an artist right but you know the thing is if i if i came down the street and there's a bunch of angry young people being like we're not gonna pay rent we're just gonna make art i'd be like go fuck yourself i know i just busted my ass right this that's week. all up so in I brooklyn could, with all these hipsters that's their whole life yeah jb you know. you're supposed to be cheering for these squatters who are living in this abandoned building illegally because they don't want to pay rent. And it's like, no, you have to pay rent. Yeah, I pay rent. You got to pay rent. <laughs> you got to, you know, we you all work hard for this money. You find Get your, your hipster ass off. Es especially like Mark Cohen, who's like a white, middle-class privileged guy. And Roger. Yeah. It's like, anyway. So uh, Fox 
Channel, uh, whatever, Fox TV did Rent Live, and it was so hyped, and everyone was like losing their mind over how great it was going to be. And it, it had was a, a fall, <laughs> I'm guessing, because it seems like it. Well, first Vanessa of all, Hudgens was in it. It had an all star cast. It had Vanessa Hudgens. It had, um, uh, uh, fuck, Mario. Do you know who that is, JB? Uh, hold on, I'm going to look at the He's like a big right R&B now. guy who was, he was big oh. in like the early O's. He played Benny. Um, it had, uh, um, the girl, uh, the, the one from season not a RuPaul drag queen. Oh, Valentina, of course. Yeah, Valentina. Valentina as as uh, Angel. And, oh, Tanache's um, in it. I do like Tanache. Yes. Tanache was fantastic. Anyway, so all-star cast. So we're at my house, a bunch of uh, queens, and we're there for a viewing party, and we're so excited. We turn to Channel 5, and the channel's in black for like the first two minutes. Oh. Like Fox 5 went down for the entire New York City market and they like couldn't the get it going show. again. Yes, much like this show does like. So finally it comes on in the middle of like the second song. Oh no. And we're all kind of like this seems weird. They're not really like it seems messy. Uh they don't really have a lot of energy. Then they go to the first commercial break and they cut to the entire cast on stage explaining that the guy playing Roger who's this very sexy country star who I can't think of his name right now. Um Broke his ankle the night before at dress rehearsal, at the end of dress rehearsal. So instead of showing us live, a live performance, they're showing us the dress rehearsal. No! Which was never meant to be seen. And then at the end, they're like, we're going to go live at the end with the original cast from Rent. So what followed was this very sort of sad, lukewarm, messy thing with what appeared to be a lot of marking. You understand what that sure. I mean by marking. When, when, yes. it, when an actor or a singer doesn't really go full out with their performance because <clears throat> they want to save their voice and their right. energy for the next night. Valentina, I don't know if it was that she was marking or she just isn't a trained singer and actress, but she was very weak. That is so crazy. It's crazy, right? Especially because Roger, that part, he doesn't have to dance. He doesn't no. have to move around. At the, the He did the last two scenes in a wheelchair when they finally went live. It was fine he could have totally not even in a wheelchair he was just propped up on a desk with his leg like elevated and he could have done the whole fucking show like that and it would have been so much better it would have been so much more interesting if they had just made an announcement earlier that day and it w- more people they announced it at in. like five o'clock they sent out the press release that oh, like really? one of our actors was injured so anyway none of this is what the story i want to do the story <laughs> i want to do which was written by our friend daniel via real is that the entire musical Rent, the original 1996 Jonathan Larson musical, was probably stolen from a novel written by a lesbian named Sarah Shulman. Sarah Shulman wrote a book called People in Trouble in 1990. Uh, Here's the plot of People in Trouble. A self-involved East Village performance artist dumps her male lover for a lesbian social activist, leaving the guy in a funk, and creates a performance piece that targets an avaricious landlord and causes a riot. All around them, people are dying of AIDS and neglect. Their best buds, a gay male couple in which one of the guys is HIV positive, is eventually consumed by the disease. His death adds new meaning to the lives of the survivors who are redeemed by love. It sounds exactly like Rent, but in book form. In a 2005 interview, Shulman said that Larson has the same triangle between the married couple and the woman's lover, uh, but he made the straight man the protagonist, whereas in her version, he was the secondary character. Um, she actually wrote a book about the fact that Larson mm-hmm. stole her entire story and she got no credit and no money. Um, she says that she asked Jonathan... Uh, oh, hold on. The Chicago Tribune says that Michael Corey an opera librettist who worked with Shulman on a, on a stage treatment of her book, asked Larson if he had ever read Shulman's book. And he said, quote, It's funny you should mention that. I didn't think too many people were familiar with it. He said the book had influenced his ideas on, on his own show. Hmm. But that was it. So this is kind of sad. It is sad. I mean, I was aware about, obviously, the whole La Boheme um, adaptation but uh, yeah it was originally I, based on la boheme the yeah, opera I, I read that interview too and it i mean from all accounts it does seem like he really ripped off a huge like a major plot line from from her book her the entire plot and she's also yeah. an incredible playwright you yeah know, in her own respect she claims she never filed uh or she i'm sorry she claims that when she saw the show in 96 
she didn't see the similarities with her own work until it was pointed out by a friend. Really? Which is crazy. Um, she never filed a plagiarism lawsuit against Larson's estate. Um, but, you know, I think it's, she wants people to know, hey, this was me. Well, I would want, you know, the thing is, I mean, I would want to read her book first uh, just to see, like, what parallels are being drawn. Um, but I do think, and, and I've had creative friends say this too, you know, a lot of us always want to walk around thinking that we have, like, that one original idea when really, like, a lot of ideas are, you know, again, it's certain plot lines are not... It's not that it's so unique that you thought of it. Like maybe it's maybe sure. it's like circulating in the in the ether. I mean, um, they say that Shakespeare wrote every plot, well, and the rest of us are just recycling. Well, they actually say that Shakespeare stole a lot of his plots yeah, from Christopher write, Marlowe. Yeah, you know, and he wasn't thank you, Chris a famous Harder. writer like that. He had other people write for him but and took it. His Your openly, point is well taken. His openly gay renegade rival was uh, also rumored to be many of the the voices behind his work. Shame. So. And also his lover. But, oh, really? Yeah, oh, bro. Wow. Uh, what, what, uh, I think it was Midsummer Nights. It was the one uh, where they're on the island. Uh, this is actual audio of Shakespeare and Marlowe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. That's Chris Harder. Running to work. <laughs> running, running to work, as, as always, in flip-flops. Uh, no, to your point, though, <clears throat> uh, sure, but this is very specific. Oh, I, I was going to say, but in this case, very it is specific. so specific. I mean, a lesbian performance artist targeting an avaricious landlord? like Right. Yes, that kind of happens in La Boheme, but she's not a performance artist and she's not a lesbian. Mm -hmm. In any case, uh, I think she deserves some buckage because that work has generated probably a billion dollars in terms of all of its many productions around the world. Um, the rights to it, every time a high school does rent, they have to pay for it, cruise right. ships. You know, other countries, the movie, the feature film, the now this live version. I think she deserves some money. Oh, yeah. Well, it also just makes me think, too, because part of, you know, she also is talking about representation and then how, again, like when we put out or when we take in art, you know, as a culture, walking away from rent, do those Midwestern families that see the touring show really think about the the current state of AIDS and HIV in our country or do they walk away thinking that was a great love story and I really love the dancing well I know? had this debate with someone on Facebook who was around during that time and mm -hmm. lived in the East Village and he was like this show has re-murdered all of the friends that I've lost hmm. and like listen I don't want to uh, take away from his valid emotions and his feelings and he was there and I wasn't I was a teenager living in white bread America in the 80s mm -hmm. But I think the show does a lot for people of color, for, for queer people, for people living with HIV. We never had musicals ever mm -hmm. with characters like that until Rent. And we still don't. He was the one, Jonathan Larson, who, yes, was a straight, cisgender, white guy. But he put these characters in his show. And I think he deserves credit for that. And even if some of them are caricatures, they, they're all heroes. You know, they're all like, we're meant to love them. And that, I think, can only be good. For those communities, I, I think it, it, unless it was that he was vilifying people or that he was somehow right, yeah. underplaying the, the, the destructiveness of AIDS. I mean, it is a, sort of a cotton candy version of AIDS, but someone does die. Well, and also <laughs> I think at, at a certain Spoiler point, I mean, someone right. dies at a certain point, too. I mean, you can't expect someone else's art to satisfy your every need as an audience and your political agenda. Oh, someone's calling in. <gasps> Ooh, uh, yes. Uh, caller, oh, you say what? One. Hello. Who this? Hi, Gail. Hello. Now, look how good you did, and you didn't have a guest. Is this Gail? Yes. Gail from Myrtle Beach, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, Gail. It's wonderful hey. to see you. To hear oh, you, I mean. What have you thought of the show? I, you see, I think you did very good, and you should have shows without guests. Well, I think we will, but I have to tell you, I'm thoroughly exhausted. Oh. <laughs> and we still have to do another hour when this right. ends. So but, you didn't, but you didn't have to run away and poop. Not yet. I was, oh, right. That's, we are taking a break soon. <laughs> Something may be brewing. But, uh, Just let me know what bathroom you choose. You know what, Gail? <laughs> in all the years that I've been doing comedy, I've never had to run off stage to like poop or puke. <laughs> or, like Something happens to me when I'm in performance mode and like all my bodily functions stop. Yeah, same here. Well, that's good. I was crossing my fingers for you. Thank you, honey. I've been crossing my butt cheeks the entire show. Uh, now, and in the future, <clears throat> when you don't have a guest yeah. and you have to do Ask Me No Questions, 
you can always call me. <gasps> oh, that's a great Ooh. idea. We'll do an Ask Me No Questions with Gail from Riddle Beach sometime soon. Anytime you want. All right, baby. Well, it's lovely to hear you. I can't believe we had two live calls on the same show. That's rare. I know. Yeah, it's, a ra- it's a rarity. But, of course, it's Charles and Gail, our only two live <laughs> listeners. <laughs> all the others are just enjoying you, that's all. Yeah, well, it's good to know the phones work anyway. Oof. Yeah. All right, have Gail. Love you, baby. Bye, Gail. Bye. Bye. All right, so we have, uh, what do we have, like three minutes left, four minutes left? About, oh, I'll this time, six minutes. All right, you Ooh. guys tell me which story you want to do. Oh. Scruff bands jock straps. Um, the documentary Words has been taken down by Amazon Prime. Did a mummified man really have semen in his rectum? And Super Bowl to have male cheerleaders for the very first time. Okay, I'm really interested in the, um, in the mummified rectum and the Words documentary. What about you, Chris? Uh, I'm feeling uh, mummified rectum and cheerleaders. But I can be, you know. Mummif- mummified rectum is also my grinder headline. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is timely because on the last episode of The Ass, our director was A.J. Mattioli, the director of this documentary called oh, Words, words in which I star. <gasps> I don't star, but I am featured. Anyway, shortly after A.J. appeared on this show, like the next day, Amazon removed the documentary from its Prime service. It's a little shady. I don't know if one had anything to do with the other. Um, Amazon claimed to to AJ and uh, to other customers who complained, they said, during a quality, this is a quote from Amazon, during a quality assurance review, we found that these titles contain content that does not meet our customer content quality expectations. As a result, all offers for your title have been removed and may not be available may not be made available as included with Prime or by rent on Amazon. Unfortunately, this decision may not be appealed. That's so shitty. Why? Because really it's like a... fucked up. Like, what? what is... Uh, forgive me, I don't know the... It's a very straightforward documentary where, where people, mostly LGBTQ, but also some straight people, mm-hmm. people of color, it, she tried to get as many different people together as possible. Talk about the words that they've been called uh, and the words that they used to describe themselves and sort of like the good words and the bad words and what words mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in my case, I said, you know, I consider myself a man, a gay man, Jewish, left-handed comedian. Like these are the words I use. Mm-hmm. The words I've been called are like faggot and so forth. Right. Um, and it's, I, it's certainly not offensive in any way. And I, I don't understand what that means. It didn't meet quality standards. Like, people didn't like the movie. It's gotten, like, tons of five-star reviews. Well, what's fascinating, again, with that is it's a frank discussion about about current social issues. But, you know, you better believe that Rent the Movie is still available on Amazon, which is, you know, again, kind of a, a bullshitty thing. And, like, what harm is it doing in being up there? Right. Anyway, the good news is that since this happened, AJ's gotten tons of coverage and the movie's gotten tons oh, of good. coverage. So it's been picked up by all these other streaming services. And you can still purchase it um, from Amazon as a DVD, if anyone still has a DVD machine. But, um, but yeah, that's and it's ongoing. Um, he's still trying mm. to figure out what the fuck happened. All right, we're going to end the show with this headline. Mummified gay man does not actually have semen in his rectum. Oh. I'm going to read this. This is from QueerTea.com. JB and I were so excited. In a withering blow to seekers of bottom history, reports of a mummified man discovered in the Italian Alps uh, with semen in his rectum have proven false. Otzi the Iceman, he was named that for the region of Italy in which he was discovered, reemerged in 1991 after spending more than 5,000 years covered in ice. His sub-zero surroundings preserved his body, making him one of the most important archaeological finds in recent history. Um, another report emerged shortly after that he had had semen in his rectum, which indicated that he had had receptive anal sex not long before his death. Uh, speculation began that Otzi might have been the first bottom in recorded history. Whoa. The problem is that the initial report about Otzi having semen in his rectum began as an April Fool's joke by the Australian magazine Lambda, and then it just went viral with people thinking that it was real. By the way, this is Otzi, and, you know, I think he could get it. Oh, yeah, yeah he absolutely. Can. He looks like someone you might run into at the Eagle. I was disappointed <laughs> that he didn't have a good time before he died. I, was really I mean, he that. may have, but, but what scientists are saying is that even if he had had receptive anal sex, before he died, semen, semen deteriorates very, very quickly. Fast, yeah. There's no way that the semen would have oh. been preserved for 5,000 years. Well, then we could just go on thinking that maybe he was a bottom. Maybe he was a bottom, and the maybe he had a ass full of cum. All right, on that note, 
I don't even know. Is it time to close? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A minute left. Chris Harder, how can what are you plugging and how can we follow you? What am I? Well, I'm plugging everything. Yeah. Always a plug. <laughs> um, you can find me uh, at Harder Burlesque on Twitter or Instagram and Chris Harder on Facebook. Um, and you know, I'm around, I do things around the city. Sometimes I tour, sometimes I don't. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be in Detroit, uh, for the next two weekends for the Detroit dirty show, which is an erotic art show and also has an incredible, uh, live burlesque show. So go check it out Fabulous. if you're in the Motor City. Chris will be back next week when our legendary guest is Charles Bush. So excited. Subscribe to Derek and Romaine at DerekandRomaine.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Thank you, JB. Thank you, Chris. I love you both. I love you all for listening. Have a great week, bitches.